William Shakespeare, Eco Warrior? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The first anniversary of the war in Ukraine has passed, and its effects on the people and the environment will last for generations to come. Thousands of people have been killed, millions displaced, and ecosystems degraded. Water systems and farmlands are polluted, threatening not just Ukraine, but neighboring countries. According to a preliminary report from the UN, damage has been done to nuclear power plants, oil pipeline storage and refining facilities, and industrial sites that stored hazardous materials, including solvents, ammonia, and plastics. The Russian invasion has caused vast damage from ammunition shells that leach chemicals into the soil to flooded coal mines that pollute groundwater. Some of the hardest-hit areas are in the southern and eastern regions with the most fertile soil. Parts of the country are covered with landmines, making farming difficult and affecting food security. And demining efforts are taking place in residential areas first. Mines in the Black Sea threaten marine life and shipping. Among other problems, the Ukrainian government reported that there are 3,000 destroyed Russian tanks and other vehicles that present a significant cleanup challenge. More than three weeks after the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, there are new concerns over possible contamination from a chemical that can stay in the environment for a long time. People near the area where the tanker cars carrying vinyl chloride were burned could have been exposed to a group of toxic compounds called dioxins. One scientist told the Associated Press that the smoke plume might have carried the compounds onto nearby farms. According to the World Health Organization, dioxins are mainly byproducts of industrial processes. They are linked to cancer and can affect reproductive and immune systems. While the compounds can get into human bodies through skin and lungs, the main path is through consumption of meat, dairy, and fish that have been polluted. Dioxins can persist in soils for decades and contaminate crops where they accumulate up the food chain. Residents, environmentalists, officials, and both U.S. senators from Ohio are calling for state and federal agencies to test around the site. The Guardian reports some experts speculated that the EPA may not be testing for dioxins because it's difficult and expensive. William Shakespeare's works are timeless and universal because his themes are part of the human experience, from love, death, and jealousy, to ambition, power, and environmentalism. A new book says the bard was deeply concerned about conservation and the exploitation of natural resources. In Shakespeare Beyond the Green World, Dr. Todd Borlick examines the dialogue, plots, and settings of plays and shows how Shakespeare was tackling issues like overfishing, mining, the fur trade, and the people's displeasure with actions being taken by the ruling classes. For example, Borlick says at the time Shakespeare wrote The Tempest with themes of exploitation in a far-off Caribbean island, there was much controversy at home about draining the fens, the vast wetlands in the eastern part of England, for agriculture and hunting for the wealthy. There was a lot of popular resistance to it at the time with acts of sabotage in what today some would categorize as 
eco-terrorism. Shakespeare often humanized animals that were hunted for furs worn by the elite and used settings to push back on environmental degradation, such as the blasted heath in Macbeth or overfishing in the North Sea in Pericles. According to Borlick, Shakespeare recognized that spending more time in nature is the antidote to human arrogance, and in plays like Macbeth and King Lear, sent his characters out into the wilderness to have an epiphany or comeuppance to smack down any notion that Earth's bounty is there for the taking. And finally, clowns take notice. Starting in 2024, balloons will be prohibited in Laguna Beach, California, because for that seaside community, plastic pollution is no laughing matter. The coastal town about 50 miles south of Los Angeles adopted an ordinance prohibiting the sale and use of balloons on public property, citing their damage to marine ecosystems and potential to start wildfires. Long after the birthday parties or graduation celebrations end, balloons can escape and get caught on tree limbs or tangled in power lines where they can cause outages or fires. Balloons are often made from either mylar or latex, the plastics in mylar balloons never biodegrade and instead break down into bits which can be ingested by wildlife. Latex balloons, which are made from rubber but treated with chemicals, are the most common type found in the stomachs of dead animals. Also, strings can strangle critters and many balloons contain foils or colorful dyes that make them tantalizing to wildlife. The move by Laguna Beach is intended to remove the amount of plastic trash on their scenic shoreline and is part of a growing trend in the U.S., where several states have laws against releasing balloons. But we don't have to be party poopers. There are plenty of alternatives such as streamers or bubbles. And an added bonus, it will save helium, which is increasingly in short supply. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from Right Water Engineers, providing water resources engineering in Colorado and beyond for more than 60 years. Projects, services, and resumes are online at rightwater.com. <laughs>